Healthcare Society, the podcast that talks about all news and development in the educational field. We are a good show for you today as I'm joined by Rebecca Saltzman, a high school teacher from New York, as we'll be discussing further your education and deciding whether it's right for you or not. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Today's guest is Rebecca Salzman, host of Ready, Set, Teach, the podcast. And first of all, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, thank you so much. I am doing awesome. This is my first time ever being interviewed <laughs> for another podcast. So it's like so cool getting the other view of like, hmm, so this is what my guests feel like. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of cool because I don't feel the pressure of like the audio and making sure everything is good with that. But I'm like, oh my God, wait, I need to make sure I do a good <laughs> job. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, what? it's so cool to see the other side. But thank you so much for having me on your podcast podcast i am super super excited to be here so thank you yes of course we're gonna have a lot of, we're gonna have a lot of fun um yes. you and i enjoying the last days we have before winter break is over yes oh gotta enjoy it <laughs> so yeah uh, c- congratulations on your podcast and it's been quite thank a journey you. um you know i think you started earlier um, back in june you're i think over 30 episodes later have you yeah. do you ever take the time to listen to episode one or your earlier episodes so you know what it's so funny my students will ask me if i listen to my podcast episodes and i'm always like no i don't listen to them like i don't want to hear myself but that is totally a lie i totally go back and listen to my episodes i haven't yet listened to my very first episode which i think i definitely should but i definitely go back and listen to older episodes if i'm like hmm i'm kind of experiencing this myself self let me see what I had to say about it or just to kind of remind myself of what I spoke about or you know I also go back and see how I sounded and I like to see how I've improved over time something that I am trying to work on podcasting myself is kind of getting away from my script so the latest episodes that I've done I've really tried to step away from a script and kind of just talk naturally but there's always the fear in the back of my mind like what if I don't know what to say or what if I don't have anything to say but I'm sure you'll see with this episode that I am such a talker so I just have to trust myself and be like okay Rebecca you are going to know what to say like you got this so just speak from your mind and your heart and you are good but yeah so definitely I always listen back and reflect on my episodes and it's kind of fun to just be like wow I did this you know like I totally recorded these episodes and now they're out in the world and so cool <laughs> I like the idea you said oh maybe you know if you're I guess needing help say with grading I guess you go to an episode yeah. of what you did about grading or oh, I'm yep. struggling with this let me go to an episode about this kind of like your own uh, <laughs> your uh, you know your own bible of like oh I'm dealing with this let me, let me look up yeah yeah like 
Exactly. And, you know, my podcast is mainly for new teachers, but, you know, I say in my episodes all the time, I'm totally experiencing these things as well. You know, I might not be a new teacher anymore, but I think a lot of the topics that I talk about are topics that every single kind of teacher goes through. So if let's say I did an awesome episode on, you know, self-care or another really cool episode on pronouncing students' names correctly. So I'll go back to those episodes if like I'm feeling that, you know what, I need to focus on my self-care. Let me go listen to that episode again just to remind myself of what I should be doing. Or, you know, I have some students and I'm not sure how to pronounce their names. Let me go back and listen to that episode so I can, you know, refresh my memory on what are some strategies that I could use myself if I'm stuck in that situation. Um, So definitely I, yeah, I mean, I make episodes because I want to serve other teachers and serve new teachers, but for sure they are topics and situations that I go through as well. So it's kind of like (laughs) double dipping. I'm doing it for other people, but I'm like, you know what? I could totally use this (laughs) as well. (laughs) I like it's a little bit of a self-reflection as well. Totally. Totally. Well, I gotta be honest, my favorite episode so far is the one where you're talking with your boyfriend. I think you're discussing the dating lifestyle as a teacher and uh, I mean, you and I both know dating teachers uh, is a big commitment. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And if you you haven't listened to the episode yet, uh, you know, make sure to listen to that one right after this. And I believe it's episode 22. So I think it's one of your newer ones. And uh, I like how you call it. uh, You and your your partner or your boyfriend call it dating challenges and not not cons. Exactly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, if you you deserve someone at their best when you stick through them, uh, you know, at their worst and. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I teachers know that teachers will have rough days. So, um, you know, those who do take do or are dating teachers, uh, be please be patient with us. Yes, um, it's we definitely have some rough days, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, just be there for us and you know, take care of us, and you know, we'll take care of you. So, but yeah, you know, with that being said, I mean, how is it recording that episode? Do you set you know, particular boundaries of what you are allowed to talk about and what you are not allowed to talk about? Yeah, so that episode was so much fun. And, you know, my boyfriend is not a teacher. So I would have never thought that like he would come on my podcast. But one day, I guess like my, my pot, we were just talking about my podcast and he was like, Oh, I'll come on. So I was like, wait, are you sure? Like, what are we going to talk about? So, you know, we brainstormed a bunch. And, you know, one night, I needed to record a podcast and I was like oh god am I gonna record like I guess another solo episode I didn't have a guest lined up for that week and I was like you know what let's do our episode so it was so much fun like he stayed upstairs I went downstairs and we definitely brainstormed first Mm -hmm. you know things that we can talk about and yeah so we were talking about you know dating as a teacher and kind of giving both perspectives and you know there really were no boundaries on what we were going to talk about. And I feel like more so my boyfriend was the one who was like, no, I want to talk about everything because we're doing this because you want to help and support other people who are going through the same exact things. When meanwhile, on the other hand, it was kind of more so me who was like, Ooh, I don't know if we should say this. Like, do I really want to admit that? Like I had boundary issues. Like I, you know, do I want to admit this about myself? But you know, 
it really is those situations where I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, do I really want to admit this? When like my boyfriend was like, Nope, I want to talk about everything. Like I want to, you know, just show it how it is. And it was, you know, that kind of situation where I would get the messages on my Instagram being like, Oh my God, my partner and I go through the same exact thing. Like, thank you so much for talking about that. So it's always those situations that you feel weird or you're like scared to talk about that other people are going to connect with the most. So it was a great experience. I mean, that was probably and is at this point, one of my most popular episodes. (laughs) So I think, you know, I'm like, wait, people don't want to just listen to me. Like it takes Hmm. my boyfriend to come on. No, but all joking aside, it was so much fun. And yeah, I made sure that we looked at them as dating challenges and not cons because I was like you know what there are no cons to dating teachers there are challenges yes and I think it was really cool to be able to have my boyfriend there to just be real about those challenges because they are so real and they are challenges that you know you could be a new teacher you can be a veteran teacher you know you could be a substitute teacher you know every single person goes through that when they're trying to date so you know, as a teacher, I think we have, you know, very specific challenges and situations and we do have rough days, like you said. So I think it was just a really great conversation to just get, get the conversation started and, you know, make it known that, yeah, we do have challenges and this is how you work through it. Or maybe you don't work through it. And then, you know, maybe that's not the partner for you. So (laughs) yeah, I'm so glad you enjoyed that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I, I like the trust that you two have in each other you know being able to lay it all out on the table and it almost sounds therapeutic in a way the way you describe it um yes you know what that's so funny because that's exactly how it felt as well you know it felt like a therapeutic conversation (laughs) of being like you know what these are the challenges that we go through but let's talk them out and let's show everyone else listening to this that if you are having these challenges too you are not alone but these are just the challenges that come with dating as a teacher and then dating a teacher. So yeah, I mean, I hope it did that. And um, yeah, thanks so much for listening to that episode. I'm so glad you liked it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Uh, yeah, it was a good episode. I had a, yes. I had a friend who's a, 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 a marriage guidance counselor and she uh, yeah. she gave me her take on it too. She, she said it was a good episode as well. It was good. Uh, oh, awesome. She described it therapeutic as well. So like, yes. you two laying it out. So that's nice. Yes. Um, I do hope you two do another episode uh, later on in the future if you two do decide to get married and yeah, maybe reflect and see if I guess there's a difference uh, years later or just even a difference between dating a teacher and actually being married to a teacher because I know married life is totally different uh, oh, for my yes. teacher friends. Yes. They tell me the before and after. And uh, that is a great yeah. idea. <laughs> that is a great idea. You know, if we ever do get married one day, I'm going to remember this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, let's jump into our first topic. And that's, you know, about um, furthering your education. And yes. I got to congratulate you on your doctoral program. Um, Thank How's it going you. so far? 
Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, I get so many questions about being in a doctoral program. And, you know, it's always like, how do you do it? Like, how do you have time to do it? And my biggest thing is, you know, if you are in a program that has to do with your passion and something that you like, you know, it's amazing. You know, I always tell people all the time, I'm getting a doctorate in education and Hmm. education is my passion. So of course I absolutely love my program. It is going amazing. I couldn't imagine my life without it, but if I was getting a doctorate in, I don't know, let's say math or science, you know, something that I'm not passionate about and something that I don't enjoy, I mean, it would be horrible, you know? So I feel like for me, it's so easy to make time to do all the work and make time to do all the readings that I have to do because we make time for things that we enjoy, you know? So for me, the program is going awesome. Is it a lot of work? Yes, 100%. It is so much work. But then again, we put time and energy into things that we enjoy. So for me, I am obsessed with education. Educating is my passion. So for me, I have no problem putting in that time and passion. And I do want to make sure that I include in this that if you don't ever get your doctorate, right? And I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about this. That doesn't mean that you are any worse of a teacher than someone who does have their doctorate or is going for their doctorate. I think it's something super personal and, you know, not everyone goes for it for a reason, but I don't think that, you know, me going for my doctorate, I don't think that makes me any better of an educator than someone who doesn't. So I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that, that I don't think that that correlates to your effectiveness or, yeah, I mean, I guess just effectiveness as a teacher. But I mean, my doctoral program is awesome. I love it so much. And um, yeah, it's going really well. I can't believe I'm already into my <laughs> second year. It's like the time is flying. So. That's good. I like it. Uh, is I mean, I'm in a master's program right now and yes. it's cohort style. Is, is yours yes. a cohort style too or no? Yes, it is. So I have the same classmates in all of my classes. And I really love the cohort model because you really get to know and get to become friends with the people that are going through the program as well. And I'm sure you go through this as well, where, you know, when you guys are stressed out, you can lean on each other and you can help each other through. And I think that that is just something so beautiful about the cohort model of any type of program is that when you are in the same exact classes with the same people, you really understand each other and you're really able to just help each other through those hard times. So I think the cohort model is awesome. And yeah, that is what my program is like as well. So just a short bit of time, I'll be congratulating you then. Yes, thank you. I still have have a little while to go, but (laughs) I know I'll get there eventually. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, you saw how quickly this year went by, so I'm sure I'll go by really Oh my God, yeah. I mean, the time is just flying by. I really can't believe it. So soon enough. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then uh, you describe your podcast as kind of like telling the behind the scenes stuff that they don't really teach you in you know you teach a preparation programs and yeah i couldn't agree more you know as grateful mm-hmm. as i am for all my mentors and my supervisors for my program there's just still so much to learn um and even just right now with the pandemic going on like all of a sudden i was prepping over the summer for a new type of teaching um, yeah. because the year before that i was you know, I was teaching in person and then the last months I was teaching via distance learning, but that was gen ed, uh, fourth grade, that was a gen ed fourth grade classroom. And Uh then you go into this school year, I was going to be teaching TK one, uh, MS. And so I felt like a new teacher entirely. So totally new experience. Uh, How was I going to teach a team, you know, these little ones over distance learning and so yeah that was going to be a new challenge for for me and Mm -hmm. i I think you briefly talked about this um already but about where do you get your episode topics from um i think you mentioned it's something that you experienced yourself and you you decide to do an episode on it right yeah so first i just want to say yeah i love that you brought up how grateful you are for your mentors and supervisors because yeah we would not be able to survive as college students as new teachers without our mentors and supervisors and i am a strong believer that mentorship is amazing and every new teacher really should have a mentor. And yeah, you know, I guess because of my personal experiences, I kind of have a bias toward the idea that, you know, we aren't fully prepared for everything that we need to know when we first enter our classrooms. And that's really where the whole behind the scenes of Ready, Set, Teach came about. I thought to myself, okay, I want to help out new teachers in any way that I could. So that's how Ready, Set, Teach was born. So I really do like to talk about, you know, situations and emotions that we don't feel prepared for when we first enter the classroom. So where do I get my topics from? It is a lot of personal experience. Like you said, I am in the classroom myself. So if I am experiencing a certain situation, or if I am experiencing just something that has to do with teacher life in general, I like to make a podcast episode about it to show that, you know, I can't be the only one experiencing this as well. Like I did a bunch of personal topic episodes on my podcast that were things that I were that I was actually going through. For example, I totally got switched two weeks before the school year, I've been teaching middle school for six years. And then two weeks before this school year, I got changed to teaching high school. And now I'm teaching 11th and 12th graders, which is totally different. And to me, I really felt like it was a teaching curveball. And I'm like, wow, there has to be other teachers out there that are experiencing teacher curveballs as well. So I made an episode about it just to show that, you know, this is something I'm going through. And you're probably going to experience a teaching curveball at some point in your career as well. And this is how I got through that. Um, You know, just the episode on, I did another episode on, you know, things that all teachers do, but they don't talk about because I just want to start those conversations. There are so many ways that we are so similar as educators, but it's not always spoken about. So that episode always makes me laugh. For example, I, you know, spoke about a situation where, you know, 
So many teachers have done this where they'll collect something to grade and then realize that, you know, either you don't want to grade it, you just don't have time to grade it because there's so many other things going on. So we'll just like throw it away. And I also use my Instagram community as well a lot to, you know, just probe information from them to see like, wow, okay, we are more similar than we think. And there were so many people that admitted to throwing away assignments that we just don't want to grade. And I just remember thinking, wow, this is too good not to share in a podcast. We are so similar in so many ways, but there's just no conversations about it. So I like to make episodes that are just filled with a lot of teacher real talk and being like, you know what, these are situations that we go through. Let's talk about it because someone needs to start a conversation about it. And we need to know that we are not alone. So So that's really where my episodes come from. I just, you know, think about personal experiences and think about what I went through as a new teacher and things that I believe new teachers need support in. So that's where it comes from. That's the secret. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for, you know, not only for sharing that, but also doing the podcast as well. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And then, I th- so right now you are, I think you mentioned you, you're teaching hybrid right now, right? Yes, I am. And you said this is year four, right? Oh, you, you're seven, right? This is year yes, seven. Yeah, year I know. Teaching. I can't, I cannot <laughs> believe it. It feels like it should be year four, but yeah, it is year seven, which is oh, it's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, so, yeah, even seven years into teaching, do you still have moments where you're thinking, mm, I have no idea what I'm doing, but uh, I'm going to stay positive and uh, let's see how this turns out oh my goodness yes 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 especially now I mean I spent six years teaching the same exact thing at the middle school and now to be just moved completely and it was like a curveball because I didn't know it was happening it was two weeks before the school year and I mean especially now I'm teaching high school for the first time I definitely sometimes have no clue what I'm doing it's <laughs> Especially teaching, you know, new levels that I've never taught before. You know what? I always like, I always go by the phrase like, fake it till you make it. And there are so many moments when I just fake it until I make it. You know, my students will never know. Right. So I feel like it's one of those things where it is totally not a problem to, you know, have those moments where you feel like you have no idea what you're doing, but don't let your students see that, you know? So when I, you know, there are so many moments where I'm like, I think to myself, wow, I literally have no clue what I'm doing. I'm really just kind of winging this, but in front of my students, you know, they'll think that I know exactly what I'm doing. And I think that's the secret because you don't want your students to think that you have no clue what you're doing because you want them to still respect you. And, you know, you still want to have that control as the, as the role model in the classroom and as the leader of the classroom, but definitely fake it till you make it. I think there is no problem with that. I think that is what more teachers do than not, especially now teaching in a pandemic, 
right? No one knew how to teach in the middle of a pandemic. So there is a lot of figuring out and, you know, definitely, I definitely do not always know what to do, but you know, sometimes you just got to fake it till you make it. And then once you make it, you're like, all right, now I know how to handle this situation. <laughs> yeah. And then, and now I have a new uh, podcast episode to talk about. No. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, I know going back to school is not easy for most, um, mm -hmm. you know, especially since you know, you're in your doctoral program. So, I mean, yeah. I got to ask, so what was it about that process for you? So you, know, you finish your, you know, your teacher preparation program, you yep. know, your bachelor's degree, and then you decide to go for your master's. So what was the thought process for that? Yeah. So I think that something we have to remember is education is run by the state. So for example, like you mentioned before, I teach in New York and in New York, when you complete your teacher education program, you have your initial certificate by your bachelor's degree. Or, I mean, that's not always true. You could get your teaching certificate from a master's. But, you know, if you only have a bachelor's degree in New York, you need to get a master's degree or mm. you lose your teaching license. So for me, I had no choice, right? I needed to go for my master's because in New York, if once you have your bachelor's bachelor's degree, you have five years that you need to get your master's or you lose your teaching license. So for me, I know in other states, it's different. Um, maybe where you where you live, you don't have to go for your master's. I know I have a best friend who teaches in Florida and the same thing with her. She was not required to get a master's degree. But for me in New York, we are required to get a master's degree. We have five years to do so after we get our bachelor's. So for me, there was no choice. Um, you know, I did have to decide what I was going to get my master's in, but I knew that if I didn't want to lose my teaching certification, that I had to go for my master's. So, you know, it's definitely different for the state that you're in. So, you know, deciding to go back for my master's, I had no choice. It was something that I had to do and that you have to do if you teach in New York. So that is a fun fact because I don't think everyone knows that um that and I mean I'm actually still learning a lot about this too that you know different teaching guidelines and regulations are so different across states because education is run by the states um so they're so different but yeah so in New York we don't have an option you have to go for your master so that really you know deciding I mean I wish I could have decided it but I really didn't because it was kind of decided for me you know yeah you you bring up a good point there are actually three states that do require you to do a master's degree and so we'll talk yeah. about that a little bit later yeah so you complete your master's program i hope you mm -hmm. celebrated that that big milestone yes and then afterwards like okay so what's the thought process for all right and let me go back for my doctorate then what's the thought process for that yeah great question so I never thought that I would go for my doctorate. It was not a thought in my mind whatsoever. And, you know, I explained this story and I think it was like my first ever episode just to like, you know, kind of like talk about my background, like how did this all get started? But yeah, it was not on my radar whatsoever. And when 
I finished my master's program, you know, I felt super proud and it was such an accomplishment. But I remember thinking like, okay, so what's next? Like, what is the next thing I'm going to do? I wasn't fully satisfied with, you know, just getting my, graduating with my master's degree. I wasn't satisfied yet. So I remember I technically, quote unquote, graduated, finished my program in December. And then the graduation wasn't until May. So here comes like, it's like March and April. And I get all these emails asking me if I'm going to attend graduation. And I was like, no, I don't need to attend my master's graduation. Like it's going to be like six months at that point. I don't need to go. I don't need to go. And then I remember thinking to myself, the deadline was like coming up where I had to decide if I was going to go to my graduation or not. And I remember getting like that last email and I was like, you know what, this is going to be my last graduation. Like, why don't I just go? Because I truly, I never thought about going back to school. So I remember thinking to myself, you know, this is my last ever graduation. When am I ever going to have my own graduation again? So let me go. So I wound up going, I was by myself. I mean, you know, couple of family members did come, but it's not like I had like many friends who were also graduating. So I, you know, I just went there by myself, um, sitting by myself, you know, waiting to get my diploma. And before they did the master's diplomas, they did all the doctoral students. And I sat there and I was watching all of the doctoral students, you know, graduate and get robed. And it was in that moment where I thought, to myself and I was like you know what this is going to be the next thing that I that I'm gonna do like I'm gonna go for my doctorate and I don't know what I'm gonna get a doctorate in I've never even looked up doctoral programs but you know what this is what I'm gonna do like this this just I've been searching for something more and this is what it's going to be so it was purely personal. I felt a deep passion for continuing my education. And at that point, I had absolutely no clue what I was going to get a doctorate in. I've never even looked up doctoral programs before, but I was like, you know what? That is amazing. What an accomplishment that is just to watch these doctoral students get robed. And I and I wasn't even sure, actually, you know, all the work that was going to have to go into it. But all I knew was, you know what, this is what I want to do. And it, it, it was in a weird way, like a calling. And I was like, yeah, this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to do. So it was purely personal. There was no pressure from anyone else because you know I've never spoken about it before like no one knew that like this is something that I was even thinking about because it honestly wasn't even anything I was thinking about but you know after that time I remember I started to research some doctoral programs that were pretty local and eventually I found one program that I really liked and I remember thinking you know what I'm only going to apply to this one program if I get in, awesome. If I don't, all right, guess it wasn't meant to be, but I only wanted a program that I knew that I would enjoy. So I wound up finding a program. It is the title of the program is teaching and learning. 
which I mean, you know, I mean, it's just the two things that I'm most <laughs> passionate about teaching and learning. So, you know, it was kind of like, you know what, this is going to be the only program I apply to. If I get in awesome, if I don't, well, you know what, I guess it wasn't meant to be and I'll just have to find something else. But, you know, fast forward, I did get in and now I'm in my second year. So it's just, oh, it's crazy. It's so crazy. But it was definitely something that I did not ever think about, which is even more wild. <laughs> so, yeah, like you said, I guess everything uh, was meant to be the one yeah. program you apply for, and then you got in. So, yeah. And then that brings us to our big question. So should I continue my education? And I think the answer is always yes, but, you know, the way you go about it, you know, teachers should always yeah. continue their education, but the way you go about it is essentially up to you. So as a teacher, we always want to continue growing and whether that's professional development, joining a committee, a mentor program, or even going back to school. And today we're going to be talking about going back to school. And you know, there are several reasons um, that teachers cite about going back to school and most of them citing financial gain. And yeah. almost all school districts do offer a pay bump or some kind of bonus to teachers with a master's degrees. And this yeah. is across elementary, middle and high schools. So basically roughly 80% of all schools mm -hmm. and on average, a master's degree earns teachers an additional um, $2,760 in the first year um, of teaching compared to a mm -hmm. bachelor's degree. And this expands even further to an average of 7358 per year by the time a teacher reaches the maximum point of the pay scale. So yeah. usually when you teach, you have those like different tiers for mm -hmm. uh, different pay scales. So for example, um, my school has a pay scale with different tiers and they factor in things like... Uh, years and units and uh and degrees and in degrees and so in a more extreme example there are some areas in the u.s where a teacher with a master's degree can earn nearly forty thousand dollars more than a teacher with a bachelor's degree yeah and if you're deciding to further your education for money then you know definitely take a look at your district's pay scale um yeah because not not every district does that and as of right now, I think there are three districts. One is Baltimore uh, City Public School System. The other one's the Clark County School District in Nevada. And the last one is Portland Public Schools in, in Maine. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they offer some sort of compensation. Yeah. But it is just based on higher education credits. So yeah. that doesn't even mean necessarily finishing the program or you know, completing yeah. a master's or a doctorate program. As long as you mm -hmm. have those higher education credits, um, you, you move up on the pace scale so i mean even taking this all into account like the different pay scales uh, possibility of getting a bonus or an extra stipend i mean mm -hmm. for you i think you briefly talking about it was already like when you were questioning whether you should do it or not like you know because we, we know grad school is expensive yeah did you i guess like weigh your options out did you look at like, like the cost and you know, the financial gain in the long run yeah, you know what? This is a great question because, you know, this is what a lot of teachers think about. They ask themselves, you know, like, is it worth it? Like, is it worth it for me to pay for a new program, let's say?
say, if you aren't required to get a master's, you're like, okay, is it worth it for me to pay for a master's program, you know, based on what I'm going to actually make once I have that degree? Like, am I going to even out? Am I going to get that money back? And yeah, this is so, it's such a real situation that teachers go through. I mean, like I said, for me, I didn't have a choice about getting a master's. So yes, my district is the same where once we get more, you know, once you get a a degree or a higher degree and, you know, if you take more classes, you do get paid more. So, you know, definitely that was a plus getting my master's because I'm able to make more money with that. When it came to my doctoral program, I think because it was such a personal decision and it was such, you know, a thing that I felt like I needed to do, I really didn't think about the money. And I know that sounds so crazy, but I really didn't think about the money. Yes. Once I have my doctorate, am I going to be making more money than I do now? Yeah. Is it so much more? No, it's not so much more. And I think that's why a lot of teachers, you know, especially in the area where I teach, a lot of teachers aren't going to go for their doctor because they're like, okay, it's really only like maybe 2000 more that you would get if you have a doctorate over a master's. So you know what, it's really not that worth, like not worth it. Like what's $2,000. And I kind of, you know, I get that it's really not that much more. But I think if you're doing it for the money, and not the passion, I don't think one, it's not going to be enjoyable. Um, And two, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult for you to even finish the program. So I think, look at your motivation. If you're doing it for the money, then you better hope that it's also in a topic that you're super passionate about because, you know, money can only bring us so much happiness. Um, (laughs) But, but yeah, I mean, you know, it is a lot to pay for, right? You're paying for a whole other other degree. Um, you know, my situation might be a little different in the fact that I was able to, I mean, it's it sounds weird to explain, but I was able to like purchase credits from people. So I mm. am actually like paying for my program kind of like half off a little bit. Um, but I mean, I'm still paying out of pocket with my own money. Um, so yeah, is it expensive? Definitely. Um, and you do have to weigh the options and see for you is it worth it? But I would say if your sole motivation is money and like not passion behind it, you know, I think it's go- it's just not going to be enjoyable. And why would you want to put yourself through that? You know, but it's definitely a real situation and a real dilemma that I know that teachers are facing. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of things to think about. And yeah. y- you and I both know, and I think if you, you don't know this yet, we all know that coming to this profession, uh, it's not a high paying profession. So yeah. if you don't know, now you know. And then yeah. in some cases like uh, Mississippi, first year teachers will actually take home an average of $25,000. And if you're teaching in your fifth year, then it raises about to $27,000. So yeah, crazy. Year, there's a state uh, legislator uh, who basically awarded teachers a uh, $1,500 uh, pay raise. So that the minimum on the salary schedule 
for first year teachers was uh, 35,000. And wow. so the numbers are more shocking when you find out for the 2020, 21 uh, salary schedule shows that it will take it a bachelor level degree teacher with a minimum of 27 years to reach uh, 50k salary and yeah. if you earn a master's then that time frame is 20 years and if you have a doctorate then it takes 14 years so yeah m- most teachers that pursue higher education often go the administration route to yes. you know, help mm-hmm. support their families um, mm-hmm. and you know, th- there are other factors as well that do affect the pay scale and i, I think I talked about this, talked about this already and those are experience you know yeah. degree level location public versus private rural mm-hmm. versus urban and even speciality like for example i get uh special ed teachers in my area they get a stipend because uh you know I'm a speciality special education so yeah. the average salary is about you know 61k mm-hmm. which is more than the average for uh elementary or middle school salary so yeah. I th- and i think for you you have a speciality in teaching spanish right yes so i mean I don't know if you want to disclose that, but yeah, usually there is uh, a little bit of a stipend for you know, specialities like that. Mm. Um, so in New York, there is not, or I mean, I'm not aware of it. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, no, not not that I'm aware of. And you know what? It's so crazy. And even you know, just listening to everything that you're saying, I think if anything, we're seeing that you know everything that has to do with education is so drastically different among different states. And I think that's, you know, something to keep in mind, right? Things are so different, you know, across state borders where it's like, wow, what happens with me in New York is not what happens in, (laughs) let's say, Mississippi or Florida or California. So, yeah, I mean, for me personally, no, I mean, I don't, don't and do not get any um stipend for teaching spanish but yeah and i not to my knowledge is that something that happens in new york so which is which is very interesting yeah yeah definitely gotta you know think about that because i know there i'm aware of teachers um that decide to take jobs across the state or even out of state after graduating just to get that higher salary you know the cost of living is expensive in certain it's more expensive in certain states and you know even the teacher shortages that we're having right now. So like yeah. roughly like 32% declining graduate uh, teacher preparation programs. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all factors that you got to take into consideration. Yeah. Did you ever, I guess, think or have the possibility of changing your employer or school district because of pay or even just better opportunities? Yeah, great question. And honestly, no, I think that I am super fortunate. I have a great job on Long Island and, you know, it's very difficult to, you know, get a job on Long Island. So I was super fortunate, super blessed. I never really thought about changing schools or, well, I mean, I changed from middle school to high school, but I'm in the same exact district. So I didn't really change much, but, you know, maybe if I, 
you know, decide to change paths later on. But I think for right now, I am very happy with the school district that I work in. I am very fortunate that I do have a great job and, you know, a stable job right now. So I think for now and for as much as I can see in the future, um, yeah, I think I will most likely just stay where I am, but you never know. But I think if I do change, um, it would be because I changed some sort of like path that I'm on. But as of right now, I think, I think I'm going to stay. <laughs> good, good. I'm sure <laughs> this is very grateful for you. Yeah. <laughs> and Thanks. so, yeah, that, that brings up a good point then, like you said, so yeah, high pay is a great, great reason to further yeah. education, but yeah. you know, another benefit is to increase career mobility. And definitely again, when you're deciding whether or not you want to further edu- your education, you know, write down short-term and long-term goals about what it is you're actually trying to do, what it is you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. For example, if your goal is to be a school administrator or counselor or content specialist or even just a curriculum director, then mm-hmm. look at those requirements. And most of the time, they do require a master's degree or more. And yeah. With that being said, you know, a master's degree can also open doors outside of your school district. So you can be a textbook author or a community college teacher or educational counsel or researcher and so these are great jobs in the educational field that work outside your school district yeah and you know almost all these almost all of these highly sought after jobs do require again like the higher qualifications like masters um, for you did, did you have like long and short-term goals for yourself i know you're in a doctoral pro- program now but like what's the long-term goal for you after you finish this is a great question and i love that you bring up short-term and long-term term goals because this is so important right we're talking about well how do I decide if I should further my education? And I'm so glad you brought this up because this is it right here, right? What do you want to do, right? What do you want to do? Do you want to change paths or do you want to just remain as a classroom teacher, which there is nothing wrong with that, right? Some For some people, that is what you're meant to do. And that is a beautiful thing that you've been, uh, that you've been able to recognize that that is what you're meant to do. So I love that you bring this up because I think this is the secret to it, right? Like, how do you know if you should further your education? Well, think about what you want to do with your career. So for me, yeah, I mean, this definitely had a lot to do with me going for my doctorate as well is because I definitely see myself in the future as a long term goal to teach at a university, right? I totally see myself teaching education courses at a university and definitely having my doctorate is going to help me with that. Um, So, and also I know for, you know, sometimes even having a master's, you'll be able to work at a university as well. So I don't think that, you know, once again, you need to get a doctorate, but, you know, if you are looking to expand your career path. And I love how you mentioned, you know, becoming an administrator or a counselor or a specialist or a curriculum director. Like these are all awesome long-term education goals that are definitely going to make a difference in whether you are going to continue your education or not. So I'm so glad you brought that up. I think it's so important. And yeah, for me, I definitely see a long-term goal as, you know, working at a university, um, you know, 
maybe doing some sort of administration work. But yeah, definitely some long term goals there that I've been thinking about that are in the back (laughs) of my head. So (laughs) goals are important. I'm a huge goal person. That's good. Yeah. I'm a big uh, fan of, of vision boards, actually. And just yes, laying it all I love out. that. Love it. <laughs> and I know some teachers also enroll in, in higher education for you know, reasons that are more personal than professional. Um, yeah. you know, some pursuing graduate degrees and the subject that they teach, kind of like what I'm doing now. So yeah, I do want to become a better special education teacher. So I'm a, in a special education master's program. And, yeah. and the reason is more personal, um, like I said. But again, you and I both know, so no matter how well prepared we are from our teaching preparation program, it's never really enough. Yeah. So I, I am enrolled the purpose of wanting to learn more about, uh, particularly my program is more about self-determination and, mm. you know, self-advocacy for students, uh, mm. particularly me, I'm in a, a particular grant. So I, w- I do want to help this target area of students with special needs who are in foster care. So that's, that's my area. And I know teachers can pursue master's programs to stay current in the field or simple curiosity. And you know, it shouldn't be a surprise if you teach special education and you get a master's degree in a totally different subject like math and, um, yeah. because you have a passion for math and you know you're not only are you opening more possibilities for yourself but you know you have the possibility to to earn more definitely and um actually you just with master's degree do earn 26% more um, even when those master's degrees aren't even in teaching or education itself um, it can be something totally unrelated and I actually had a previous supervisor at a after school program Um, Mm -hmm. he had a master's degree in business and it worked out for him I mean it had nothing to do with what he was doing but still he got the the pay bump just because he had that master's degree Um, and I actually had another teacher friend who didn't finish the master's program but they still put the credits that they took in the master's program and it still got them a pay raise as well Um, wow so I asked, you know, why do you put that? He's, oh yeah, I still like to brag that I got in the master's program, which you know is a, is still an accomplishment itself, considering how totally competitive uh, certain universities are. So, but for you, yeah. I mean, I know why you chose your master's, but why specifically did you choose your uh, doctoral program? Was there again personal uh, motivation? Yeah, great question. And you know what, I, I love that you brought up how, you know, you can get a master's degree in anything. And I think that's something that's so exciting. And I get so excited for people who are looking to further their education, because you're right, like, you can get a master's degree in anything that you want, right? And I know (laughs) up to different states, I have a friend who teaches in Alabama, I had to think for a second. I'm like, wait, is it Georgia or Alabama? (laughs) Uh, It is Alabama. And she was actually telling me that she in the state of Alabama and, you know, I hope this information is correct, but um, she was saying that in her state, you don't always get credit for the master's program that you go into if it doesn't have to do with what you're teaching. So again, I think we do just have to keep in mind that different states are different, but I know like for New York and the example that you gave before, you can really get a master's in anything that you're interested in. And I think that is so cool when you get to think like, wow, what do I want to learn more about? Right. And then you could really go and get a master's in anything. Um, so for me, for my doctor program, I mean, it was just super passion based. Um, 
you know, I am just super passionate about education. And I think that anyone going for a doctorate and I, and I would think it's the same exact thing for a master's as well is you have to choose something that you're interested in. And like the example I gave before, I'm in a doctoral program for education, but I'm obsessed with education. Like I am super passionate about it. So for me, it's awesome. But if I were, let's say, even for my master's, if I was to get a master's in school counseling, I don't know. I'm not really interested in that. So I would not have enjoyed it. And I, who knows if I would have even finished it, you know, so I think regardless of it doesn't have to be even a doctor program for a master's program, you have to make sure that it's something that you're interested in. Because if it's not, I just think, well, one, it's not going to be enjoyable. And why would you go through something that's not enjoyable? And two, you know, it's just going to be more difficult to actually finish that program. And when you have readings to do or when you have papers to write, it's just not going to be enjoyable for you. So regardless of, you know, a doctor program or even a master's program, you know, think about what you really want to learn about and then do some research, find some programs of something that you're interested in. So I think choosing a specific program is super important because you want to make sure that it's something that you're interested in. So that would be my advice. Uh, good advice. And then I guess the last part that I do got to mention is um, if, you, if your goal is to become a more effective teacher, then you know, the truth is uh, that earning a high degree doesn't necessarily mean you'll be a better teacher. Exactly. Um, so that's, that's something that you got to keep in, keep in mind. So definitely, um, th there is research that shows that, you know, it is a particular like subject area graduate degrees, um, mm -hmm. something kind of like what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. teach special ed, get a special ed degree or um, you're, if you're a math teacher, get a degree in mathematics. So yep. if, if you're curious about the distribution of master's degrees amongst teachers, um, it's actually elementary education that represents 18% of all of those um, master's degrees. And then it's history, Spanish, biology, and computer um, science combined that make up 13.6% of those master's degree. And then my category, uh, SPED, special education, makes up 11.9%. Mm -hmm. At the very bottom is art, who makes up like 1.4% of those uh. master's degree. Uh, and then health actually makes up 1.3%. So mm -hmm. looking at the whole picture, it's about like 58% of teachers who do hold a, a higher degree. And if we compare those numbers um, from a decade ago, it's actually, they're higher, where actually a decade ago was 40%, uh, 47% of teachers actually held a higher degree. And in both cases, it was actually a high percentage of secondary uh, school teachers. So that's middle and high school yeah. who had a uh, high degrees in elementary schools. And, you know, this is usually because of the subject matter, you know, in middle and high school, you usually teach a very specific subject. Yeah. Um, for example, a history teacher will get a degree in history. A music teacher will get a degree in music um, as opposed to, you know, an elementary, um, you know, where teachers are supposed to do multiple subjects. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the truth is, uh, you know, it, it's actually experience that makes us more totally. effective. And, mm -hmm. you know, there is no strong evidence that high degrees lead to better academic outcomes for students. You know, mm -hmm. and there are studies that show teachers who have earned a master's degree um, more than five years after they started were actually less effective than those without a master's degree. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, 
again, you, you gotta, you gotta take this into account. If, if you really think like, Oh, this will definitely make me a, a better teacher. It's not necessarily true. Um, mm-hmm. so, but yeah, I mean, do, do you feel districts, they, they treat teachers with higher degrees differently than those without degrees? I do not. And I think, you know, this is something that I said, like at the very beginning of this interview is that, you know, I don't think that, you know, let's say me getting a doctorate, I do not think that that makes me any more of a better teacher than someone who has a bachelor's. And, you know, I think this is something that I mean, I think it's a great conversation to be having where, you know, it doesn't make you and I think and I think you nailed it where you said that it's really experience, right? It's the experience that you have that will teach you how to handle certain situations or help you become more effective. So yeah, I, I don't think that districts treat teachers with higher degrees different than those without degrees, because yeah, I mean, you know, it's a very, to me, I think it's a very personal decision, right? I mean, in my case, like I said, I needed any teacher in New York, you need to get a master's degree, but you know, going for your doctorate, let's say like I am, no, I don't, I don't think I get treated differently. And I don't think anyone else thinks that. And I, and I truly am a believer that I, I don't think that let's say I'll, I have a master's right now. I'll have a doctorate that 100% does not make me a better teacher than someone with a bachelor's degree. So yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it. I don't think that, you know, the degrees or how many or, you know, as many as you can get, I don't think the more degrees you have equate to your effectiveness as a teacher. I I agree with you. I think it does have to do with your experience and you could have so much experience and be such an effective teacher with a bachelor's degree. So good, but good point for sure. Good question. Yeah. And then I think I I talked about this uh, earlier, but I I think the real problem is, uh, you know, there are some great teachers out there, but they're actually facing some kind of barrier uh, wanting to further education, but can't because of the cost associated with high degrees. And, uh, you know, there are districts and states that do require and subsidize graduate school education to become teachers. Yeah. And one of them is yours, actually. So it's, it's Maryland, New York, and Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So those, uh, uh, in those particular states, uh, you do need uh, a master's uh, yes. to stay as a teacher. So, mm-hmm. you know, for those teachers who don't have a high degree, don't get discouraged or believe that the teacher next door, just because I have a master's or doctorate, is a better teacher than you. You know, remember the totally. school hired you for your, for your expertise in the first place. So I love that. Um, but yeah, if you do decide you want to further your education, you know, through a higher degree, then, you know, there, as far as options for paying it, there's, you know, there's stipends or sometimes there's partnerships with the school, with the university that the school district might have. I think, for example, my school district, they just recently sent out an email right before winter break. They have oh, like wow. a partnership with a university. And I think they offer some kind of stipend. And there's like a discount on the, a 20% discount on tuition fees. And wow. I know this is not always an option for most. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I always look for grants, uh, there are mm-hmm. teach grants or, you know, if you agree on the, on the conditions of the agreement, then, you know, you teach in a high needs field or yep. low income schools. And I think, well, if you were here in California, you would qualify because, uh, you know, 
uh, you teach Spanish and I, I qualify as well because I teach special education. So yeah. those are high need areas. Um, yeah. You know, lastly, there's also employment tuition reimbursement. So usually it's a partnership with a specific university and um, in a specific program as well. Um, so there's those options as well. But I know those are those who say instead of telling teachers, you know, to spend money and hire degrees, why not just offer more paid professional development? Um, yeah. Does, does your school offer a lot of opportunities for professional development? Yeah. So first, I just want to address something that you said, because I think you bring up a really good point is that, you know, I'm sure there are so many teachers out there that want to further their education. But you're right, there are so many barriers that are going to stop these teachers from being able to. So yeah, I love that you brought up like, you know, you know, it's okay. If someone next to you has a higher degree, like it is fine. Like you are just as good of a teacher as they are. Like it does not equate to the same thing. But yeah, I mean, professional development is so important. Um, Yeah, my school district does offer a lot of professional development, which I think, you know, as teachers, we're just natural learners. And we want to, you know, I think, I think the thing is, is people sometimes think that teachers don't want to learn more, but I've always found the opposite, right? Teachers want to develop professionally. And I think that's just the great thing about teachers is that we want to improve our craft. And, you know, professional development is awesome. And I think, you know, even if your school district doesn't maybe offer as much professional development, I and I feel like we've spoken about this outside of this conversation, but there are so many other things that you can do if you're looking to grow professionally. And let's say your district doesn't offer as much. And something so simple can just be like going to social media, right? Going to Instagram. On Instagram, there's a huge teaching community where you, I mean, I learn so much from fellow educators on, you know, social media and specifically Instagram. That's just the the social media I'm on the most, but you know, that is totally professional development. And, you know, even just like seeking out, I mean, I'm going to plug like podcasts or (laughs) blogs or, you know, anything. There's just so many things that you can do reading books, right? I love reading education books. So if your school district, let's say, doesn't offer a lot of professional development, there's so many things that you can do outside of that to further develop professionally, such as social media, books, um, blogs, podcasts. So yeah, I think, you know, especially in the the day, like, you know, the age that we're in right now, we can totally utilize technology to our favor and really be able to connect and like grow professionally through teachers that are like across the country, like you and I. <laughs> yeah. And you know, professional. I feel my school is offering like more professional development, like more than ever. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally, totally. Um, yeah. But yeah, so another idea that I have heard is uh, mm-hmm. trying to reward like the more f- effective teachers through performance pay, which I'm not a fan of. But yeah. I do see the well, I see the, the intentions that they have. Um, mm-hmm. There's also offering stipends for high needs area and subjects, um, which is kind of what like my school district is doing as well. I mean, do you have any other suggestions for, I think, what districts should do in order to, like, continue hiring, like, effective teachers? 
honestly, I feel like this convert, like it should really start with like universities, right? If we want more effective teachers, we need to make sure that our teacher education programs are producing effective teachers. You know, I think, you know, let's say a teacher gets hired, I think through offering professional development and training that school districts can train teachers to be more effective. But if we want to hire effective teachers, I think we have to take a look at our teacher education programs and see if they're actually producing effective teachers. So, you know, I'm not sure, you know, what, you know, to hire effective teachers. I think we have to take a look at the teacher education programs, but I definitely think that school districts that hire teachers have the power to provide a lot of professional development and a lot of training to create effective teachers. So I think if we're talking about hiring, I think we have to like, you know, take a look at what's producing these teachers in the first place. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, and then, you know, you and I, you know, we're both pursuing a higher degree right now. And so I would recommend telling your admin about what you're currently doing right now. And, you know, just being upfront and Mm -hmm. telling them, no, like, these are my goals. This is my workload. Uh, You know, even if you want to share your schedule, just so you know, because, you know, we have like things like committees and IEPs that, you know, we do later on in the day. Yeah. So try and say that so that they can understand what's on your plate, what it is that you're dealing with. And for example, I'm serving on several committees at my school, but you know, I told my admin of my grad school uh, commitments and and my grants as well. And so that allows them to be flexible with me and understanding. And I feel very supportive um, of of, of my team that I'm constantly working with. And that's, that's something I highly recommend. Like for for you, do do you feel supported by your district while, you know, you're pursuing your doctoral program or your, your doctorates? Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I think that you should tell your administration about what you're going through. And in my experience, I've always felt like super encouraged and super supported from my administration, especially now, you know, and I think it's also something that you should be proud of, right? (laughs) If you're going for a master's degree, you should be so proud of yourself and tell your admin because they're going to be so proud of you as well. And I've always felt, and all right, granted, I'm sure there are some admin out there that maybe aren't as like supportive. (laughs) And I'm sure that happens because let's be real. Not everything is rainbows and butterflies. But in my experience, yes, definitely. I've always felt so supported, um, so supported and so encouraged by my administration who knows, you know, the degrees that I've been pursuing. So I agree with you. I definitely think that you should tell your admin about your goals and your workload. I mean, for me specifically, I don't get less work, you know, because I'm going for my degree, but, you know, I definitely get encouraged and supported along the way, which I think is just as important as like, you know, the workloads, let's say. So yeah, I agree with you. I would tell your admin for sure, because it's, it's such an accomplishment and you should be so proud that you're going for those degrees. So yeah, I mean, my, my, my principal describes it, you know, when one of us hits milestone and it's like the school hits a milestone, it's a big celebration for everyone because totally. uh, you know, we have that really tight knit um, at our school. 
Yeah, that's amazing. All right. And then, you know, as we wrap this episode up, is, is there any advice that you would give to new teachers or even those just thinking about entering the educational field? Yes. Oh, my goodness. There's so much <laughs> I would say. And first, I would say check out Ready, Set, Teach because my goal and my whole purpose is just to serve new teachers. So I hope I do a good job of it. And um, yeah, I definitely want to support you. And if you're thinking about going into education, I would say you're thinking about it for a reason, right? We think about things that we're called to do and we're thinking about things for a reason. So if you're thinking about becoming a teacher or entering the educational field in, you know, any way that you're thinking, you know, explore it and explore your different options. Um, I think there is no other job that is just as rewarding than being a teacher. I think it's a very special job. Um, and I would just say, you know, if you are a new teacher or if you're looking to be a new te- looking to be a teacher, I would say just know that you're not alone. Seek out for help and support when you need it because every seasoned teacher and every veteran teacher was once a new teacher. So everyone understands what you're going through. And in my experience, I've seen that everyone is just so eager and excited to help and support new teachers, which is just such a beautiful thing. So I would say, yes, go for it. Congrats. That's amazing. You're doing a job that is very difficult. And when times get hard, because they will get hard, seek out help and seek out support because every single teacher has gone through exactly what you have gone through. So that is what I would say. Great advice. Well, this has been another episode of Teachers Care Society. I want to say thank you to our guests, Rebecca Saltzman, and most importantly, you, the listeners. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. See you next time.